Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Noah Baker with Voices of Construction. Autumn's coming, fall's coming. I hope everybody's apple picking and leaf peeping out there. But uh, I know I'm looking forward to some of the cooler weather, um, possibly some snow coming up, get some ski trips in. But uh, today on uh, Voices of Construction, we have Chase Rosentis from The Demo Company. Really enjoyed speaking to Chase, uh, talking about different aspects of demo and the complications that, that they can run into. But moreover, the demo company just having an amazing culture that really pushes its employees to be the best that they can be and and understand the work they're doing and the importance of the, the people around them and their safety. I really hope you guys enjoy this and, and take some advice um, from Chase when it comes to working with others. He's worked on the GC side, on the trade side, and really has and explains a great understanding of how you guys can work together out there and, and, and bring it to the field to be more productive. Look forward to it. And here's Chase. Well, thanks for, for jumping on. I was really excited to kind of get the, the new viewpoint and dynamic uh, for everyone listening in here. Um, we have Chase here um, on Voices of Construction today from the Demo Company. Uh, and I guess I can kick it off. I, I've been looking into the Demo Company, and it was after I left sales at um, at TouchPlan that you guys kind of came in and started talking. So I wanted to learn a little more about you. And I just found right off the bat, before we get into anything else, tell us a little about like the, the demo company culture and, and what that does for you as a construction professional. And it just, it just seems really great, really healthy, um, just a fun, cool time. I mean, you guys are doing things from company events to fly fishing to being pretty lax about how you describe yourself and, and what you do, yet having a professional attitude about it. So I'll let you open up with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it all kind of starts with, uh, with the owner, um, and his, uh, grand plan is, um, he wanted to, to start something where, um, the, the biggest thing is, is, is having fun. And, you know, uh, he wanted to, uh, have fun in life and we spend most of our time at work. So why would you want to go to a place every day? Uh, that's not fun. And he describes it really well. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher it, but, his thing is, is um, fun is, you know, those fly fishing trips and the hunting trips. And, uh, you know, we do these barbecues and stuff on Friday that are a lot of fun. But um, also fun is, uh, you know, is chasing the deal and winning the deal and uh, getting a project and kind of crushing that project and, and working really good as a team. And when everything's kind of the hustle and bustle and everything's moving the way that it should be. And you're kind of, you know, you're, you're just getting after it and, and the chips are falling, you know, when they're supposed to that's also fun. And when you've got a lot of these different things and they're all clicking, it's fun to be uh, kind of in a well-oiled machine. So uh, also kind of chasing that. So um, he makes a really good environment and uh, you know, he's, he's handpicked his team and he picks a lot of people that fit into those values. Uh, so it, it creates a, a really fun atmosphere to be a part of. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I mean, there's, there's definitely a difference in, and having fun and going to barbecues, but also having fun in terms of developing something collectively that is very impressive and, and very well known. And you guys do a great job and you're well known for that. So I think there's definitely a difference between the the fun party barbecue crew and the people who do that, but also 
crush it during the day and win the jobs that that you should win and things of that nature. So do you think that 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 kind of top down mentality is something that that you would find anywhere else? And, And what do you think it contributes to people's drive to do their best work on a day to day basis? Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, you don't find it everywhere else. And I'm only speaking, you know, kind of from my limited view. Um, I, I feel like you're, you're starting to find more and more of it. Uh, and, and maybe that's for getting away from maybe the older model of, uh, of kind of management and by the book and this, that, and the other. Um, and then, and companies are starting to give people a little more freedom to kind of think and be themselves. Uh, and and more about creating environment for people to do their best work. Um, so so you don't get it everywhere, uh, but I feel like I feel like the industry and companies are trying to move towards that model. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's reflective in 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 what we see. And I mean, I know you guys are are touch plan users, and and collaboration and and team participation means a lot to the demo company. And I think that's where we see the industry process as a whole going, realizing that 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 input and the collective input and hiring the right people and allowing them to have a say in what's going on delivers delivers the best work. Is that kind of what what you're seeing as you transform through the demo company? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, just from a from a subcontractor point of view or a subcontractor that's this size uh, or whatever size you want to call us, but you also feel um, more involved and you feel more engaged and you feel a little closer. Uh, you know, the, there's no place to hide. And when, when there is no place to hide and, and you, and you have that involvement and that engagement, you see um, kind of, you can see the fruits of your labor. You know, if I'm having a tough day and I'm not doing good, I can, I can physically see it affect, affecting people. Um, so you know, that kind of uh, accountability and, and being there for your teammate and, and, you know, we're all a part of the struggle together, um, that, that elevates you even more. You know, you want to be a part of something uh, and not only do you create an environment for that, but then you can actually see that you're a part of it. Um, that's very motivating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I don't want to, you know, we talk on this show a lot about, um, creating stereotypes for construction professionals. And I, and I definitely don't want to do that. And I guess to preface this, this may be a stereotype, but it's definitely something that we see less of in, in the construction industry in terms of that kind of self-motivating collaboration because you have buy-in to the end goal of your company especially when we see people work um, with subcontractors and GCs where it's, and and tell me if this is something you see all the time where it's like to each their own, man, I'm here for my part of this job and that's what I'm here for and screw everyone else. You know, that it's something that we see going away in the industry, but it's definitely something that generationally has happened a lot. Do you think that, I guess, and this is a genuine question for me with a mentality in within your colleagues of that kind of team mentality and doing the best we can and striving to an end goal and having fun while we're doing it. Do you think that reflects in your foreman and, and your, your guys on site when they start working with other companies? Um, and how does that affect the positivity as like the group mentality around 
working throughout. And I know you guys are kind of there before everybody else, right? But but um, when you do mm-hmm. have to work with other teams, do you see you guys kind of accelerating that team vibe? Or talk to me a little about that. That's a yeah, that's a really deep question. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to touch on all these points that I was thinking about. Uh, I've got a and to be honest, a, a lot of us here at the demo company, we all kind of we've got an unfair advantage. I feel like um, to where I started my career on the GC side, so I spent you know like eight years working for GCs, and I've I've seen their struggles, and I've been a part of that. Um, you know, and sometimes you feel like you're holding hands, and you just don't quite understand why you know, people don't get it. Uh, and then now coming over to the subcontractor side, um, you know, you kind of realize that, you know, you had it all wrong. Um, and that's a whole other kind of conversation of, uh, uh, we can, we can get into, but you know, there's, um, there's so many projects that everybody's doing and there's so much stuff going on. Uh, they really, they're really just doing their best to try to kind of hang on and get it all done because you have to, you have to feed the machine and you have to get all this stuff done to, uh, to keep to keep the company moving down the road. Um, but aside from that, and that, we were kind of getting into this point of, uh, you know, um, it's it's easy for the the subcontractor to just go do it, go in there and do their part, and not think about how they fit into the bigger picture, because they have to do that on so many other different jobs. And I, and I get that. I get that now being a subcontractor, it's really hard from the general contractor side, um, and where um, we can prove where we provide some other value is that we do have a lot of general contractor experience and we all have, you know, most of us have been on the other side and we do understand the bigger picture. Um, so we can provide value in other ways of like, Hey, we're going to demo this, but have you thought about this or have you thought about that? Or you, or, or normally, you know, your mechanical guy comes in and does this, we, we can kind of help coordinate in pre-construction. We can also kind of help coordinate uh, during construction. And uh, how that kind of relates into the field is um, is our our guys demo. Uh, there's uh, our operations director always likes to say that you know when you, that there's drawings to build the building. There's never any drawings to demo the building. They don't tell you how to take it down. It's just it's usually you know dashed lines or a clouded area or or it's grayed out. And, you know you just got to go demo this. It's it's up to us to figure out how to take it down. You know, there's all these details and stuff of putting stuff together, but there's never any details for dismantling it. Um, so a lot of our guys uh, have a tremendous amount of skills in other areas of construction. You know, uh, we got guys that do concrete, that frame, hang windows. Uh, they, these guys can do anything. They they come on Fridays and barbecue. They're all fantastic. You know, and they. Uh, they they're, they're, they can do anything that they want to, and they're and they're and they're very good. So they provide a whole nother service when it comes to um, kind of helping the bigger picture of the job, just because they need all those skills because they're dismantling all these things. They have to know how it's put together. Uh, it, you know, and, and a lot of the demo that we do isn't just tearing down the building. We'll go into a hospital, and you know, you got to be in a clean environment, and you got to take all these things down, and there's the right way to do it. Uh, and not, you know, just n- not anybody can just go in there and do it. So, um, so yes, I think that um, whether management helps provide that to them or these guys are just so sharp that they do that on their own, we certainly appreciate that and our clients appreciate that. Uh, and they definitely, they, they, we have a reputation here of, 
of doing things that are outside of demolition. We've done ornamental fencing. Uh, you know, we do a lot of concrete. Um, we've done temporary waterproofing, which is scary to think about because waterproofing is such a big deal. Uh, but we've got guys that can that can do anything, and, and people now will just hire us to do the most random thing. We we pulled a car out of a pond one time because they couldn't they they couldn't think of anybody else to do it, and you, we had to get the EPA involved, and there was all these uh, you know permits and checklists that you had to do. But we ended up pulling this car out of a pond, and that's not something that you would just think a demo company would do. But, um, right, right. You know, we've got we've got some fantastic guys, yeah. Well, I, I think it's it's interesting the more and more I've, I've been in the industry. I mean, one, we can talk a little, and I definitely want to go back to um, being on both sides of the fence. Um, but I think one of the, the most interesting things about what you guys do is that the repercussions can, can be really high, right? Like we talk oh, yeah. about building things, just like you said, like they don't give you directions for tearing it down and therefore – safety becomes so heightened solely because there's a lot that can go wrong. And we talk about in, you know, like building and construction and, and going vertical. It's like, the only thing we know is that not everything is going to go as we planned. Right. So without having any plan, I think it's, it's hard. And I don't know if, if that's why you guys have jumped on the, becoming touch planners here but also i mean it it's so technical at times right like talk to me a little about how heightened your safety for your employees because you guys i mean right now on my screen i have i have the demo company website up and one i gotta give it to you the home page about us photo is probably the greatest photo i've ever seen in my life on on a company website it's fantastic um, but you guys, of course, care about each other. You're really like an employee first company. Um, so tell me about some of the, the safety concerns and what people don't understand on a technical level that comes into planning the day that they see, you know, a massive backhoe tear into a high rise. Yeah. Um, you know, de- demo is, uh, it's, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I, every day in demo is dangerous from, from just taking the, you know, a big, the big part of the job is taking the debris out, you know, all the trash out, uh, and you're rolling it out there, and then you got to put it into the dumpster, and I mean, you're throwing metal in the dumpster, you can you can slice yourself open on some metal, you can strain your back, um, you know, being around the dumpsters is dangerous. To we uh, last year we uh, the, a client of ours had a canopy collapse, it was this big massive canopy. You know, I'm just guessing maybe 120 foot long. It looked like a giant airplane wing. Um, and it had partially collapsed on the front of this building uh, due to some high winds. And, you know, it looked like it was still going. It was still attached to the building um, for the, you know, for the steel people out there and the general contractors. It actually sheared. It was stuck into these columns with, uh, with an embed plate that had nestling studs on it or DBAs, deformed bar, deformed bar anchors, and it sheared the plate off of the, the DBAs, uh, just ripped the embed plate right off of it. There was an impression in the column where the steel plate was, you know, and that showed the steel plate there. Yep. So it's, it's halfway up, it's halfway down. Uh, it, you know, you can hear it actually like creaking and moving. 
Um, and we got to figure out how to get this thing down without damaging the building, without getting anybody hurt. I mean, how do you, it, you can't even get on it because it's still falling, uh, you know, it's still moving. So, you know, we, we got the team together and we got the general contractor together and uh, we even, we got a crane person involved and we went out there and we talked about, you know, um, how are we going to deconstruct this thing and what's the safest way to do this and how can we utilize equipment and, and when can we get it done? And uh, it took a lot of creative thinking to, to try to, you know, keep everybody safe because you can't put anybody on it. You can't put anybody under it. Um, and we got it down, you know, piece by piece. Uh, but there's no how-to book. There was no drawings. It was just look at this thing and try to figure it out. Um, so we've got a lot of bright people uh, with a lot of experience. And, it, you know, it gets it gets pretty interesting sometimes. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's 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 like every time you walk into a project, you 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 have those grayed out areas, but ultimately you're developing an entire new plan for yourselves only after you've walked on site and seen it all. Right. I mean, there is no kind of pre-construction ability to do it in the office before you even know what you're walking into, which is interesting too, because I think with a lot of mechanical contractors, with a lot of GCs, there's a ton of work they're able to do prior to, you know, walking onto dirt, right? Because that's basically what they're walking onto. Oh, yeah. And for you guys, it's like it's game time when when your when your contract starts and you have all that work to do in the meantime. Um, one thing I we can go back to, I, I think it's really interesting. We talk a lot about um, this kind of kind of on the podcast with collaboration and and kind of the spirit of your company and. I definitely want to talk about some fun stories and some fun things you guys tear down because I mean, some of, some of the things you guys say throughout your advertising and, you know, let's face it, we tear things up and and all that, but I want to talk about the fun part about it, but you did mention kind of being on both sides of the fence. And, and this is something that everyone I've ever spoken to on this podcast and, and through my career that has been, um, in the GC world and then in the subcontractor world really has been enlightened of the pains of one or the other. So tell me a little about kind of how that affects the guys on your team that have been doing that, how it affects you and, and how could we spread that kind of knowledge of what's going on on the other side of the fence to people that necessarily haven't had that experience so they can, they can really see and stop kind of assuming and making assumptions on the other side. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting, uh, being on both sides. Um, and it didn't take me long to realize, uh, you know, being on, uh, being on the subcontractor side was, Oh man, I was a huge jerk. You know, I just never, I never, it's not that I was mean to people. I was, I was always cordial and nice, but you, um, you know, you're always part of that, uh, you know, I know you have other things going on, but I'm the only, I want to be the only project that matters. You know, I don't make me jealous when I'm talking about other, other projects. I, I should be your special one. Uh, right. And now being on this side, it's like, man, I got 45 special projects. I'm sorry. I can't, I just can't quite get to that. Just say, yeah, I'm doing the best I can. You got to give me a second. Um, but it's also uh, our, uh, our, the, the owner of the company uh, who, who's also was a, on the general contractor side and then obviously started a sub business. Um, he always preaches about um, saying that, he's, he, you know, you, you go to college and college is set up uh, to, it's like the, it's like the NCAA football, you know, it's, it's a feeder league into the NFL. 
and basically I went to college for construction management, like a lot of, like a lot of us in the industry did. And, um, it is basically a, it's a, it's a feeder league into general, the general contractors. You don't really learn about subcontractors, or at least my experience. And from what he's told me, his experience is you don't really learn about subcontracting. Uh, it's all kind of set up on that general contracting, um, standpoint and, and, and they, and you, you buy into saying that's your goal. You know, I want to work for the general contractor and build high rises or stadiums or strip malls or, wh- or whatever the case may be. Right. You never go in there and say, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never, you never go in there and say, I want to do, you know, demo. Um, and then finally, you know, getting this opportunity and, uh, and making the jump was like, you, you finally get an understanding of what everybody goes through and, um, it's, yeah, it's definitely eye-opening. And then the, the flip side of that is um, I feel like I can provide a, a better customer service because I did have a lot of experience in the general contractor. Uh, um, you know, I was on a lot of big projects and uh, sometimes I can see where the client's going without them even telling me, you know what I mean? I just, I can understand that or I can see a detail or, or I can provide, you know, a story of what happened, you know, on a job that I was on where something happened and, and maybe it gives them, you know, a little different perspective to think about, you know, solving a problem that maybe is not even a part of demo. Um, but it, uh, you know, you can, and you, and then you get an understanding of everybody's kind of role in the office and how things play together. And, and um, it's, I, I just feel like we can provide a better customer service because we do have that experience. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's fantastic, right? If you, if you know, kind of at least some, amount, right? You're never going to be the smartest person in the room when it comes to an electrical contractor or anything of that nature, right? And I I have always, my grandfather always said, don't act like you're, even if you are, never act like you're the smartest person in the room. But um, in, in terms of that, I mean, something that we don't see a lot is conversations around demo and, and companies like the demo company in in marketing for tech companies or or even marketing in the industry. I mean, let's let's start with this. If if there was one or two things you had to tell people that maybe they come from the GC world or maybe they're PMs or supers from GCs or other foremen and things like that. I mean, what's one thing to keep in mind when when you're working with a mature smart demo company like the demo company where it's you know, things they may not understand that you're trying to explain? What's one thing, piece of advice you would give any of our listeners for, for working with a company like yours and maybe a misunderstanding that they have of, of the, the scope of work or something of that nature? Well, that's a tough, that's a tough question. I, I think um, in like our company is so much different than uh, say like a drywall company. Uh, so a drywall company may show up to the job and be on there for seven, eight months. You know, that same job, I may be on there for two weeks um, and I'm, I'm in and I'm out and I, and I got to be in and out to, you know, to be able to make any money and make a living and, and move on to the next one. Uh, so there's not a lot of me coming back. You know, the drywall guy can be on there for seven months and, and do a little of this and do a little of that because he, he's got a full crew there. Um, but the other thing is, is that you have, you have so many jobs going on at the same time. Uh, that sometimes it's, it's difficult to um, always be able to just dive right into your job or remember the details or, or even, 
one of the things about being a general contractor is, is that you you know all the plans and you know you know the full plan of the job. Um, so you know every subcontractor your subcontract hides you to every single set of plans, which is fine. Um, but I've got you know 45 jobs. I can't I can't know every set of plans on 45 jobs. I, I can really just try to hone in on what I have, and then I only have so much memory capacity. You know, some, a lot of times I got to dig back into it, just kind of remember what the plan was or what we were doing. Uh, so we really rely on, you know, we're big boys and we can and we can do our job, but we also really rely on the general contractor to help organize and plan and have a logistics plan um, and have a flow of how things are going to go. And if that if there's a hiccup in that, there's a big potential for us to get hurt. Um, and I, and I, I haven't been in every subcontractor world, but I would assume that that's, that's that's pretty even for a lot of the subcontractors. And then another thing that's really interesting that I, uh, that even took me a while to realize while working here is that um, a lot of our, a lot of our guys carpool. So if I have a job that has, you know, four guys, and then I have another job across town that has six guys, um, I can't really mix those crews or, or I have to, you know, the, the guys that carpool may go to that job that takes four guys. And now all of a sudden uh, that job has eight guys and the guys, you know, the guys that don't carpool may go to that other job and only have three guys. And it's kind of backwards just because there's, there's that human element too. Um, you know, not everybody's in the same situation and has the same resources as everybody. So there's a lot to managing all the, all the labor too. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta hand it to you and, and claps to you to even, to even be thinking on your crew's resources and how they get to work and how things happen. And it is, is very much next level and kudos to, to you in general for, you said it pretty nonchalantly, but I guarantee you, I haven't spoken to someone that that's mentioning that and caring about that and taking that into consideration. So it says a lot about the demo company. Um, First off, so claps to you guys. Um, but also, I have to ask: Are are you scheduling carpooling into Touch Plan? And we don't even talk about Touch we're, Plan we're on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't talk about it. But but I just had to know right there if that if we're if we're tasking out carpool, that is next level. We need to make a case study on that. Um, yeah, but <laughs> we're not, not that deep quite yet. <laughs> not, not that deep into it. Um, cool. I mean, I, I'm really interested, and this is probably, it might not even be for the listeners, but it, it might be a selfish ask of me. And, you know, just blatantly some of the, some of the coolest stuff that you guys have torn down. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm a big salvage architecture. I'm from New York city. So if, you know, I have the opportunity to go to a job site and take some some stuff that was built in the 1920s or something like that away. I love to have that in my home and, and things like that. But in terms of just amazing jobs that you guys have done, um, what kind of sticks out for you? I mean, there's probably a lot of really great things and cool things, but what what's one of the cooler sites um, that you've been on? Uh, as you know, a lot of times we get to a job and, uh, they're already, uh, they're already gutted or a lot of the, like a lot of the cool furnishings and stuff like that are already gone. Um, you know, and, and then 
we've, we've done like, we've demoed a clock tower. We took the entire clock tower down. I think there's a video somewhere floating around of that. Uh, but we've got to work on some like historic buildings. Like we did a, a hotel renovation in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, we're remodeling it into a boutique hotel. And, and you get into some of these old buildings and the see kind of how they were built. Uh, and then you start, you start cutting into the slabs um, and seeing some of the old rebar. Uh, it looks more like a twisted wrought iron fence. Um, right. You know, and then, and then we've, we've done some jails and stuff like that. That gets pretty interesting. Uh, right now we're working in the federal reserve, um, where we're, we're demolishing, uh, it's like a, it's a cafeteria above it. We're demolishing the cafeteria. And the, the big part of the pre-construction talk was, Hey, um, we're right above the, the room where they count the money or they print the money or whatever. So I, I don't know if that's true or not, but they keep telling us that where if, if you do something, if you, if there's a leak or, or, or you core a hole too deep or whatever, um, I count the money right down below us, so be careful. So that, I mean, that's kind of interesting, and that uh, for sure, is crazy to get in there. Yeah, yeah, and, and do a you lot guys of are basically work. rolling up with with all the equipment that you know some TV movie yeah. masterminds would use to steal everything in there. So yeah, like, <laughs> like Clive Owen, whatever movie that is, or whatever heist or something like that, where yeah, they roll in there and do the bank heist. Stuff. We're rolling in there every day with the equipment that we would need to just get to the bottom of that. Um, But they won't let us. Right. It's good. And (laughs) and for all the listeners, this is not the type of company that the demo company is. That would never happen. But it's kind of a fun, fun idea to play with. Uh, Very cool. I mean, there's there's so much to it. And I think, you know, I, I could talk for hours about historical preservation and demo within historical preservation. I actually have a, a lovely family member that works for a sporting good um, company that that basically did a rehab for the puck building in New York and they had to demo it out. And I think the poor demo guys were there for for longer than six weeks or something. And it's not even that big of a job, but it was like it was almost like you had to do it like you were kind of unearthing dinosaurs because they didn't want you to scratch mm-hmm. anything, mess anything up. Have you guys dealt with that? Um, maybe not necessarily historical preservation. Uh, if we haven't, it may have been a little bit before my time, but we do a lot of work in hospitals. Uh, that's actually a huge part of our business. And um, the other day I was in a hospital and we were tearing down this massive uh, CMU wall and uh the only way we could do it was with a crowbar one block at a time we literally had somebody uh on a on a baker scaffold and they had a crowbar and they would pry the one block up pick it up over the over the rebar uh you know that was that was in between it and hand somebody on the ground and this you know 30 foot this 30 foot long wall it's 15 feet tall we literally dismantled it one block at a time i don't know how long it took uh, but when I was there that day, I watched these guys take it down one block at a time. Imagine doing that all day, and um, that'd be tough. Uh, yeah, I would also yeah. get pretty tiring. Yeah, I mean, I always, I mean, I know from from my experience in residential construction is, man, tearing stuff down if it's built right is always harder than putting it up, especially if you're doing it by hand. Yeah. Um, but in and for that kind of stuff is. I, I find it super interesting. We we have a ton of um, hospital projects. We have a ton of different restrictions and, and variances that happen. But 
is that solely because of noise and 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 dust or do you guys have to go exactly. through all of that yeah noise. yeah so um so you know all the hospital jobs are they there's a barricade around them all for dust and you got to have negative air in there and everything's vented out and it's monitored uh but that was all for noise uh and you know hospitals are 24 7 sometimes there's no time to make noise and a lot of times we're next to surgery centers um where you know we're, we're trying to saw cut concrete out in a surgery center or chip concrete out so you know there's a lot of times where you get shut down or you have to come back in at a different time or it has to be at weird hours during the night uh, but the big thing is is when you start chipping you know the the, the, the saw the saw cutting is loud um but you can you can the walls can kind of keep that together it doesn't travel through the building as much as when you start taking the chipping hammer and start banging on the building that will travel through the bones of the building and start start rattling the entire building and it gets pretty loud right uh, so and try to avoid the chipping of the concrete but yeah it's definitely for noise we'll do noise studies uh we'll get out there with the general contractor and and do a couple of noise studies and you know it's not limited to just being inside sometimes it's the chipping outside or the equipment uh outside or the excavator, you know, it kind of shakes the ground when, when you're getting after it and, and, and the tracks are moving up and down, it can, it can shake the ground around it. Well, if you're next to a surgery center or something like that, they're not going to, you know, the surgeon's not going to like that. And if you were there under the knife, you probably wouldn't like that either. So it's all, it's all part of a kind of a dance that the general contractor and the hospital must play of, of trying to keep everybody happy. Yeah, more or less. I mean, you wouldn't even like that if, if your wife was in there giving birth or in labor or something more or oh, less yeah. surgery right you don't want someone chipping yeah, outside with a jackhammer <laughs> ever i mean i, I yeah, don't think anyone super enjoys that but <laughs> i mean that that's really a, there's there's so many different things that i i think a lot of our listeners don't don't think about when it when it comes to demo and one of the more impressive things that i've seen in, in my personal experience is i grew up in new york city um you know you know as well as I do, there's not really an an inch of extra space in this city, right? So when they're tearing something down, it's it's not like the fun videos you see online where they detonate the first three floors and the whole thing goes down because there's eight acres around it, right? Where yeah. they're they're really I mean, they're using machinery and they're they're using tools and things of that nature, but it almost comes down piece by piece and in a very kind of like as as it went up it seems to come down and i just kind of wanted before we kind of switch gears i wanted to talk a little about your experience with like close quarters high rises or or anything of that nature where you don't have an inch to spare um and it's kind of becomes more and more meticulous as if you were building the building yeah we definitely run into that um where you know, it takes a lot of planning, but we do a lot of structural separations where maybe they're going to uh, take down half of the building or a part of the building, or maybe a couple of these buildings were built at different phases. And you got to come in here and, and wreck a part of this building, but um, you know, you want to keep the other half of the building. So you have to, so instead of taking the excavator and tearing it down, we'll go in there and actually uh, by hand start to separate the structural members of this, of the building. So then when you do tear it down, it doesn't affect what's going to remain. Um, and then right. you get into a lot of like uh, shoring and stuff like that. And you got to come up with a plan of, of how you're going to keep everything 
uh, in place until they start to build the, you know, the new building around it and they can start to hold itself up. Um, those get pretty interesting. Those are really fun to do. Building, uh, building and, then, and tear down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and then we get into a lot of, uh, uh, select structural work where, um, you know, we, we did a, uh, uh, a basketball arena in Abilene, Texas, where we're, we're only cutting certain parts of the building off. Um, you know, the, it, this building was built, you know, like a Coliseum where it has the seats around and it's, it's a basketball arena and it's got these raker beams and we're, we're tearing the top portion of these raker beams off and we're taking the seats off and you gotta, you gotta do it like, you know, one plank at a time. And, um, you know, you gotta get the different equipment in there and we had a crane in there and we basically just gave this entire building a haircut, uh, you know, where it was this big bushy building. And then we just kind of cut it down to, um, something that manageable that they can now rescan and build around, uh, and you kind of got to do that piece by piece. You got to do an engineered demo plan, and um, you know how to get all the shoring engineering and stuff like that. So I got pretty technical, uh, but it was a it was a fantastic job, and it was an awesome learning experience, and it was, it was great to be a part of. Yeah, that that just reminded me. I mean, before we jumped on this recording, you and I had talked about sports and Tom Brady and things of that nature, but I mean. There, there's a lot of uh, uh, animosity towards the demo companies, at least in my hometown in New York City. You know, tearing down Shea Stadium and tearing down the old Yankee Stadium or th renovating things. You know, there's a lot of what are you doing to to my temple kind of, kind of idea. Do you guys ever run into that? Have you done that? And I mean, it's Texas football, right? So even if you're tearing down a high school yeah. stadium, people might get mm -hmm. a little PO'd, huh? Yeah, um, the first thing that comes to mind is we tore down a bar recently called the Gingerbread Man that we had all been to, and we, you know, we were all kind of sad to see it go. We were like, "Oh man, I love this bar," uh, and to tear it down is kind of heartbreaking. I mean, it's a fantastic bar. I don't, I, I want to say COVID got it. Uh, that may be me just making it up, but you know, the bar uh, ceased to exist anymore, and we ended up tearing it down, and everyone was a little, little sad to see it go. Yeah. I mean, even even the guys in your crew, that must that must suck too, yeah. right? <laughs> so yeah. They're trying to find like old beer taps, or you know, if they actually remember mm -hmm. writing their name on a on a bathroom stall or something of that nature. But yeah. uh, that that kind of leads a a little into kind of what we can finish up here, and we can we can absolutely keep chatting and hanging out. But I, I wanted to just get back to. I think one of the most impressive things about what I can see and what I hear about the demo company is that culture. And I was, I was going to leave it open for you to, to kind of, kind of talk about all these, all these different fishing trips and hunting trips. And if you have some, some good stories about the guys out there, um, you know, hanging out, we don't have to shout out names as I go through your, your leadership list here, but, uh, you guys do look like you have fun. I was wondering if you had any good stories about the team bonding out there and, and going hunting and fishing together. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we have, we have a lot of fun. We get to do a lot of fun things. Uh, you know, probably one of the biggest things is we do is, is our, our, um, our, our teams are really established by, and this is why Touchdown was so great, is we have um, our, our, our crews are established by foremen. Um, and how we use such land is we have those swim lanes and that represents a foreman. And then we drop jobs in that swim lane on those days with, with people 
uh, attached to those jobs, whether, you know, it's just, it's just a number at that point, but then you can kind of see, okay, well, this foreman's got too many jobs. Let me move some over here. Let me move some to this guy. This guy doesn't have any, let me put some on here or this guy needs more guys so we can help kind of share those things. Uh, and it, and it gives us that visual, um, of what we have going on, uh, because it's a lot to manage when we have so many people and so many jobs going on at the same time. Uh, it kind of helps uh, spread some of the load so we can do some planning and stuff like that. Uh, and I just lost my train of thought. The question was, uh, no oh worries. yeah, we're talking about the bar. No worries, you're yeah. good. I mean, I was going to go, I was going to go full fun hunting, drinking a beer story, but you just plugged touch plan really well for us. So we'll let, I'll let that go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I mean, it well, just every, looks like you guys were having a blast, so. Oh, yeah. Every, every Friday, we bring in a crew. So one of those foremen, one of those swim lanes represents a crew. Uh, and then we have a barbecue. So uh, we it's normally fajitas. One time it was this stuff called biscotta, which is basically just like all this meat mixed in together. And if you love meat, then you'll love this. It's fantastic to eat. Uh, but most time it's fajitas. And we all sit down and we'll have a couple of Modellos. And we'll eat some fajitas, and then we usually get them in here about three o'clock. Um, and then we uh, we start to play cornhole. Uh, we always have a little cornhole tournament where we'll set the boards up, and then uh, we'll put some money down on on the table, and and we'll and we'll make a bet with the guys of if you can, you know, first person to throw uh, throw three out of four in the in the hole, you know, gets a hundred dollars, and we'll and we'll let we'll let everybody run through that. And then they even start, um, you know, some of the crews even after after all the money's gone, everyone's, you know, hit it and, and won all the money. Uh, some of the guys will start putting their money back. Well, everyone, like all the winners may put $20 back and let everybody run through again and try to spread some of the wealth. But, um, we, we, yeah, we do so much fun stuff. We, we went on a fishing trip recently uh, where we're, we're all kind of spread out on boats. And lo and behold, uh, one of our foremen, his name's Carlos, uh, caught the – he caught the uh, the fishing guides said it was the biggest fish they'd ever seen pulled out of that lake. It's not like a state record or anything, but you know we had probably six or seven guides, uh, and some of those guys have been on that lake for a long time. They said it's the biggest fish, it's the biggest type of that fish that they've ever seen pulled out of that lake, and it was Lake Texoma, which is a massive lake. Um, he caught this gargantuan fish, and and we sent it off. We haven't got it back yet, but but we sent it off to get it mounted and we're going to mount it here in the office. And we got a plaque um, that we just got for when, you know, it's for biggest fish. His, his name's going to be the first on the plaque and it's going to have, you know, a fish mounted above, above it. And that's really exciting. Um, and then we get to do, uh, you know, a lot of other, but like our, our Christmas parties uh, are very fun. Uh, there's it's usually a, like a good old fashioned Christmas party. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, we'll get the mariachi band there. And uh, one year, one guy dressed up like Santa, uh, and uh, it, it gets it gets pretty fun. There's, there's usually always a lot of Modellos going around. Uh, you know, it's a social lubricant, so people get a little loose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I, I wanted to just thank you for for jumping on. And if there's any last thing you kind of want to mention about the demo company, that's feel free to talk about yourself here for a minute. But I want to thank you again um, for for jumping on. We we love having you um, as a partner and and as as a client of TouchPlan. And, and I hope we get to do this again. So I'll leave it up to you. If there's nothing else, we can we can cut and run. But thanks again, man. 
Yeah, man. I just want to say thank you guys for for the opportunity and uh, you know telling everybody about us and and we we definitely love your product and uh, it's been a total game changer for us. Uh, and you know one of our core values is going electric and um, it's uh, getting you guys and, and and getting this thing rolling uh, has definitely been going electric. Uh, and and hopefully other companies you know can, can benefit from that especially uh, that are in similar situations that we are so uh, it's been a total been a total game changer and uh, we love working with you guys too and we're just grateful absolutely well thank you so much man that means a lot I'll tell the crew over here and and definitely tell your crew congratulations not only for the fish uh, but the, the work that they're oh, doing yeah. over there it's great stuff absolutely all right. Well, thank you, Chase. We'll we'll talk soon, and thanks for coming on. 